Welcome to Worldview Matters, discussing controversial issues, discerning current events, defending biblical Christianity. No topic off limits. And now, here's your host, David Fiorazzo. Hello, friends, and Merry Christmas season. Thank you guys so much for sharing the show, for your prayers, and I hope you're doing well. I hope you're remembering the reason for the season. And when someone wishes you a happy holiday, ask them what holiday they are referring to specifically. Be a troublemaker for the kingdom of God. All right, we're so blessed today to have a Christmas conversation with Pastor J.B. Hickson, speaker, teacher, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel, Sedalia, Colorado, and Not By Works Ministries. J.B., good to see you again, brother. Hey, David, great to see you. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, you're welcome. Merry Christmas. We just talked last week. Thank you for having me on your podcast about my brand new book, the first interview for The Assault on the Image of God, and that was the day the paperback was released. So Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. How, how are the sales going? I hope they're flying off the shelf. Well, so far, so good. And it's uh, in part thanks to you and to Worldview Matters people. But I, I want to plug this one for a Christmas gift. You can get a, a three-pack because it's now a series of three at notbyworks.org. Spirit of the False Prophet. Of course, it's Spirit of the Antichrist series. JB, what's the best place to get it? Is it right on your website? Yep, right there on the screen, spiritoftheFalseProphet.org, and that will also link you to our Spirit of the Antichrist books. Uh, there are three of them there, and it's a great way to wake people up to the uh, reality of what's going on from a spiritual perspective. So, And of great. course, it gives the gospel, and so that's always great to share the good news. Great. So I'm excited today because I feel a little bit more relaxed, don't have to talk about current events and some of the insanity that we're seeing some of the evil being called good, the good being called evil, the globalist craziness that's happening, the power grabbers, the, the elites and um, power elites that are just taking advantage of this time of chaos and confusion, not only in America, but around the world. But we're talking about Christmas, the reason we celebrate Jesus Christ, the word that became flesh, and I'm excited to hear what you have to share because you get to preach, of course, every this season, every time of year you come across this. I'm sure you've never given the same sermon twice. So what, what do you want to focus on today, JB? Yeah, so uh, last week at our home church, I spoke about A Better Day is Coming, part one, and I'm doing part two of that this coming Sunday. And, you know, it just occurs to me, I love Christmas. You know, who doesn't, right? But especially, I just love it. I love the sights, the sounds. <clears throat> the family gatherings, uh, everything about it. But it just occurs to me that at Christmas, people tend to fixate on the the birth of Christ, you know, the, the first advent of Christ, <clears throat> but we, we tend to for, forget the second advent. Mm -hmm. um, and so, to me, I love it. I love the end times. I love Bible prophecy, as you well know. I know you do too. And I love Christmas. It's a perfect match because so many passages of Scripture really relate the two. And I think even the songs that we sing at Christmas, the beloved Christmas carols, often focus on the first and second advents, mm. uh, but we don't really you know, pay close attention to it. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's talk about, because this was all laid out by God in advance, his plan foreordained. He knew exactly when Christ was going to come. The, the, at, Galatians says, in the fullness of time, mm -hmm. at the perfect time. I think that's Galatians 4.4, 4, that uh, Jesus became man, and he, of course, our yep. Savior, 
Uh, God had it all worked out. Um, go ahead and take it wherever you want, JB. Why then, and what do we have to look forward to because of Christ's coming to earth as God, as a man? Yeah, I mean, I think Hebrews 1 is a perfect uh, you know, passage about that, yeah. where it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, uh, mm-hmm. whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And, you know, uh, that that's really says it all, that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is the the, the ultimate uh, gift. It's uh, Paul calls it the indescribable gift. And it, it's impossible to think about Christmas without thinking about that gift. And, and we think of songs like Joy to the World, you know, mm. uh, one of many people's favorite Christmas carols. And yet people mm. don't understand that the, the, when the king comes to reign, that's actually a second coming event, not a first coming event. And so the Christmas season is is such a powerful opportunity to talk about so many biblical truths. You can talk about grace, uh, the incredible gift of salvation uh, paid for by the blood of Christ, but you can also talk about a better day is coming and that things will not always be as they are today and that someday Christ is going to come back. Like, consider uh, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, widely known as a uh, a Christmas uh, prophecy, right? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. How many times do you hear that preached and taught and recited around Christmas? But the whole rest of verse 6 and all of verse 7, after those first two phrases— relate to the coming kingdom of our Lord. When Jesus Christ comes back uh, and rules with a perfect uh, justice and righteousness and peace, and listen to what it says, the government will be upon his shoulder. Well, Mm. certainly it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look around and see that hasn't happened yet. Uh, His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to restore it and order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. I mean, David, what a day that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, Zechariah, the prophet said, the Lord shall be king over the whole earth in that day. Amen. And if we ever needed a righteous world leader, it's today. I mean, we, 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 it's hard to find one. I mean, we, there are some world leaders that we like better than others. They're more conservative. They they have a, tend to have a, a, some sense of morality, at least. But <laughs> none of them are perfect. None of them. And we need one today, don't we? We do. I love that verse 7. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. That's what we have to look forward to forevermore eternity and it says the zeal of the lord of hosts the lord of armies will accomplish this jb i want to just ask you briefly about on the throne of david and over his kingdom because we before we got on the air we talked about revelation 22 16. i've always been fascinated that jesus was the prophetic root and the fruit of the line of david and it says Uh, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify to you of these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. Just share your thoughts on that. That's always fascinated me. 
When you pointed that out just a few moments ago, right before we went on the air, I thought, wow, what a powerful passage that comes at the end of God's revelation, at the end of the story. Uh, and remember, when Christ takes the throne, he's not just going to reign for a thousand years, as as people often assume that, that study Bible prophecy. It is quite clear from many passages in Scripture that he's going to reign forever. For example, uh, when you look at uh, Luke chapter 1, and this is when uh, the angel <laughs> comes to uh, to Mary and uh and basically explains uh, what's happening with the virgin birth. And he says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And now listen, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no and and of course this all points back including that passage that you just cited in revelation 22:16 the root and offspring of david to the famous covenant the unconditional promise that god made with king david in second samuel chapter 7 when he said your house and your kingdom shall be established forever hmm. before you your throne shall be established forever. Now we 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 know you know world history. We know that the nation of Israel was destroyed in seventy A.D. and disappeared mm -hmm. from our maps up until yeah. May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight. And so you know God's word is never wrong. It's perfect. Uh, he has a one hundred percent track record. You know God makes uh, Nostradamus look like a pat path you know pathogenic liar, right? Pathological. <laughs> Right. So, so, I mean, God is so faithful and so true. And here we see, indeed, the promise to David coming true. And uh, the angel told it to Mary. We read about it in Isaiah and we see it uh, here uh, in, in all through the New Testament. Hebrews chapter two. People miss this one, too. Uh, I wonder if you've ever thought about this, David. But in, in, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians in the first century who are struggling with persecution, very applicable for Christians in the world today. And uh, and he's talking about the supremacy of Christ. We started out the program talking about Hebrews 1 a moment ago, when, when God in these last days has spoken to us through his Son, and the present age is the last days. But verse 5 has always jumped off the page at me because uh, God's Word says, "...for he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels." In other words, the whole book of Hebrews is about the world to come. What world? The kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just encourage folks as we think about, you know, the Christmas and, and what an exciting time that is always. It ought to fill us with joy and hope and, and, and uh, thankfulness for our salvation. All, always take a look ahead, too, at the rest of the story, as Paul yes. Harvey would and remember that Christ is coming back. Yeah, when you focus on the kingdom, I, we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these okay. things will be added to us. And we are also to pray, thy kingdom come, yeah. thy will be done as earth on earth as it is in heaven. Um, we're talking with J.B. Hickson, and I'm just thankful to be able to talk about Christmas scriptures, about Jesus, about the incarnation, about the word that became flesh, and um, that God declares Jesus, as we read from Revelation, the source or the root of David's life, which establishes the deity of Jesus. But Jesus also is a descendant of David, which establishes his humanity. That's 
one of the mysteries, right, JB? The Word that became mm. flesh, perfect God, perfect man. Yeah, absolutely. It's the hypostatic union. Uh, you know, we could go to Philippians huh. 2. Uh, what an amazing passage. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of, on the cross. Now, we love that passage. It speaks to Christ's unbelievable sacrifice, his humility, uh, his grace. But the very next verse says, therefore, mm. God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, that hasn't happened yet, David. You nope. you know culture more than anybody. Your your great new book, Assault on the Image of God, and other books like Canceling Christianity, you talk about the problems in our uh, culture. But uh, as you look around the, the world, do you see uh, every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus is Lord? No. Abs absolutely not. So, I'm uh, excited the, for that day, though. Me too. Me yeah. too. I mean, uh, I don't know if we have time before the break, but I'd love to just take a look at Joy to the World and just point out some of the beautiful promises in that hymn. Actually, we'll come back right after our quick break, thanking Harbingers Daily, and we'll talk about Joy to the World with Pastor J.B. Hickson. Today's show is brought to you by Harbingers Daily, world news biblically understood. Stay informed at harbingersdaily.com. Joy to the world. Before we talk about that, that is absolutely one of my favorite uh, Christmas songs. Um, but that verse that you shared, JB, from Philippians, it's so powerful because it, mm. it says not only are we going to gladly, every, it's, it says every knee and every tongue. So that yep. means everyone. Every means every. All means all. So we are going to gladly worship our king in reverence. But the whole world, mm. even non-believers, they will unwillingly, some defiantly, they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. They will not put their faith in him, but they will bow the knee. Your quick thoughts before we talk about joy to the world? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sobering thought when you think yep. about every knee, because that means those who haven't received the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a simple matter of faith. It's, it's a gift. Uh, if we know anything about Christmas, we know the concept of gifts, and we know that a gift, by definition, must be freely offered and freely received. So yes. on, the, on the one hand, it's freely offered. Uh, you know, anyone can have it. Come one, come all, whosoever will take and drink from the water of life freely, the Bible says. But it's also got to be freely received. In other words, it's not forced upon us. And so if somebody dies without receiving the gift, that's that's on them. They had the opportunity. They just never trusted in Christ. And I was thinking about the sobering aspect of the great white throne judgment where all unbelievers will one day bow before the Lord. And I was thinking about this recently when we got the news that that Henry Kissinger had passed away. Now, let me be clear. I don't know the man's heart. I don't know if he was a believer or not, but I've studied him extensively for the last 20 years, mm -hmm. cited him often. He was a leading member of the Luciferian elite. We have no indication from his own testimony anyway that he ever trusted in Christ. But so if we, if we assume uh, that he died without Christ, 
just that very thought when you put a face to it, there are going to be people, people we know, who someday stand before Almighty God without the blood of Christ covering their sins, and they're going to have to face a Christless eternity in a literal place of torment called hell. So yeah, that that passage in Philippians 2 is really filled with some pretty powerful theology. Amen, brother. So you want to talk a little bit about joy to the world. Um, let yeah. heaven and nature sing. Go for it, yeah. J.D. Isaac Watts. Well, I, I will spare your audience the terror of my singing the song. I assure you, nobody wants that. But, uh, but you know, the, the, it's a great song by Isaac Watts, uh, Joy to the World. And, you know, uh, it starts out, Joy to the World, the Lord is come. And we think of Christmas, right? We think, oh, praise God, you know, the, the announcement to the shepherds out in the fields and then the whole town. And then, of course, Christ's earthly ministry, where the, the, the Magi come when he's a little bit as a young younger baby and so forth. But then the rest of it says, let earth receive her king. Mm. Well, when will heaven and nature sing? When will the earth receive her king? Uh, when will men their songs employ in fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains re repeat the sounding joy? What about this? Mm. No more let sins and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. When will that happen? When will the curse of sin be removed from planet Earth? Not when the global elite institute all of their, you know, climate change regulations and carbon taxes and finish their geoengineering projects. No way. When will the thorns no longer infest the ground and the curse be removed? When Christ comes back, the second coming. And then it ends with, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. So, I mean, I just get chills even thinking about what an amazing day that will be. And, mm. you know, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, that he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And David, we just haven't seen that yet. And, uh, you know, you mentioned in Revelation 22, we talked about a moment ago, but earlier in Revelation, that, that very powerful passage in chapter 12, it talks about how she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Hmm. Again, in the end of the age, you see a reference to the beginning and the prophecy that has yet to come to pass, but yes. uh, it will come to pass. Amen. Yes, amen. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will rule with a rod of iron. I want to go back to something from Joy to the World. He will also rule the world with truth and grace. Oh, Isn't it interesting, JB, from the Gospel of John chapter 1, Jesus is and was the perfect balance of truth and grace. And when the Word became flesh, um, full of grace and full of truth. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, John 1, what a powerful passage, you know. Uh, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You know, skipping down to verse 10, he came to his own, or verse 11, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. That's Israel. But as many as received him, to them he gave the light, the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. There you have it. I mean, John's often called the gospel of belief because so often it conditions eternal life, as does the whole Bible, again and again on faith alone. Jesus said in John 6, 47, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting Father. And then John uh, 1, 14, the Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, a glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And, you know, we need more grace and truth today. We need more grace because people are just convinced that they could earn their way into heaven, that somehow they can be good enough, do enough, give enough. Uh, You know, one of the things I always like to point out, especially at Christmas, David, is that getting saved is not about giving something to the Lord. Uh, I know we use that phrase, but when we stop and think about it, there's not a single passage in all of Scripture that says to get to heaven, you've got to give something to Jesus. Hmm. You get something from Jesus. God's the giver, we're the receiver. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting light and as life. And as we just read in John 1, we have to receive Him, John 1, 12. So that's the nature of a gift. Somebody gives, somebody gets. <laughs> and God's the giver we're the receiver. And so to quote another old hymn, we have to come nothing in our hands. We bring simply to the cross we cling. Mm. And that's that's grace. And we need more of that uh, because uh, right now Satan is blinding men's hearts to the gospel. He's trying to convince people that the one thing mankind needs more than anything else, which is forgiveness of sin and eternal life, can be earned, and it can't. Uh, but we also need more truth, grace and truth. And, uh, you know, guys like you and me and, and so many other uh, Bible teachers are out there, hopefully uh, with fidelity, proclaiming the truth of God's Word. Uh, and Satan is hard at work on the other side with his minions trying to deceive uh, the world. And indeed, uh, deception is getting worse and worse. Mm. JB, um, let's talk briefly about the idea, just about what we have to look forward to, our inheritance the Bible yeah. talks an awful lot about that we are co-heirs with Christ. And I think of, and maybe the timing, whatever you want to talk about. I know we're running out of time, but I come coming back to Galatians 4, 4, which I um, paraphrased the beginning of this show. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of, as sons and daughters. We are adopted spiritually into a brand new family. We are new creations in Christ. Just share your thoughts on that, JB. Yeah, so at the moment of conversion, uh, there are, Lewis Perry Chafer lists 33 things that happen instantly. They're all invisible. They're all spiritual. So adoption, adopted into the family of God is one of them, regenerated, born again, reconciled to a holy God, justified and declared mm-hmm. righteous before a holy God, positionally sanctified, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I can't, I can't name them all, uh, but, uh, but all of those are incredible blessings of grace that come the moment faith meets the gospel. And so that is a great inheritance. But you know, the word <clears throat> inheritance, excuse me, in Scripture is used, you know, both of the possession itself of eternal life, but also in a qualitative sense of what we get uh, when we get there. So if you remember when the disciples asked uh, Jesus, this was after he told, uh, had the interaction with the rich young ruler, and Peter, uh, always usually the first one to speak up, says, you know, uh, what shall we have in the kingdom? What are we going to get when we get there? And he says, you're going to get to reign with me on 12 (laughs) thrones. And uh, there is a sense that our faithfulness here and now will result in positions of authority. Paul says in the last letter that he wrote, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 12, he says, if we endure, we shall reign with him. Mm-hmm. In other words, 
Enduring, persevering, remaining faithful, even at great cost physically, will result in special positions. Uh, you mentioned co-reigning. That's a key word in the book of Hebrews. It's the Greek word metakoi. It means to, to co-reign with Christ. And one of the uh, challenges that the writer of Hebrews is making is that if you'll uh, hold steadfast to the faith, you know, do not cast away your faith, as he says in Hebrews chapter 10, then you'll have the right uh, to reign with me. And uh, one more passage that bears on this subject in uh, Luke chapter 11, Jesus on the eve of entering, uh, uh, I think it's Luke, no, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 19, on the eve of entering uh, Jerusalem for that fateful uh, Passion Week, he tells this parable of the Minas in which he challenges believers, uh, look, I'm going to go away and receive a kingdom, and I'll be gone for a while. While I'm gone, be faithful with what I've given you, one Mina, your life of service. And when I come back, I will reward you, uh, you know, for based on your faithfulness. And in that in that parable, remember, there's one one Christian who does nothing with the mina. He still gets into the kingdom, but he doesn't have a great reward there. So I think there's great motivation as we think about this Christmas, the coming kingdom, to live today in light of the coming kingdom. Mm, that's such a good thought as we get ready to wrap up this show and. Uh, maybe we'll have some other Christmas-themed programs. I think it's important because, JB, we can, we can get so distracted um, by the things of the world and sometimes overwhelmed by what's going on. So this is good just to focus on the, the blessings that we have in Christ. We are rich in Christ and what we have to look forward to. That is the hope. And uh, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And may you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your closing thoughts to encourage believers as we go through this Christmas season. I love it, David. You said it well. Paul says in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above, mm. not on things on earth. There are a lot of things on earth this Christmas that, that I love. Yeah. I love the green and red lights. I love the Christmas carols. I love the decorations. I love the cheer that's in the air. But let's also set our mind on things above, knowing that Christ is there sitting at the right hand of God, mm. I call the throne in waiting, and he's coming back someday to take that throne where he will rule uh, the world, and then we will truly have joy to the world. Amen. 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 Brother, you're a blessing. Thank you so much for your time, for your ministry. J.B. Hickson, notbyworks.org. And just this reminder, books make great Christmas gifts. <laughs> Amen. I second that motion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, J.B. We'll talk to you soon. All right. God bless. All right, friends, I forgot to mention the mug here. You can have this mug. You could have this. Now, if you would like to support, if you are able financially to donate to Worldview Matters, we've got our fundraiser going between now and Christmas to raise money for production costs. This is a brand new show, as you are fully aware, and I love the people I get to talk to. So if you can make a one-time gift of anything, uh, $200 or more, you can get this mug or a $25 a month um, gift. So on one side, it says worldview matters. And on the other side, that's my tagline. You, you'll know it. I'm going to say it in a minute, but you'll know what that says. So you get this mug and that's just our way of saying thank you. I know you don't give to get, especially during Christmas, but we want to bless you like you bless us. So thanks again for watching, for sharing the show and God bless you. Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.